Trucking News is live, live with the, the latest, latest news and issues from across the trucking world. Road Dog Trucking News. And Happy New Year, drivers. Welcome to 2018. A live show, Sirius XM 146, Road Dog Trucking News, the first show of the year. Happy to be here, drivers, on this New Year's Day. Figured if I'm going to be working, some of you are working today as well, and you deserve a live show, so we will be here for two hours taking your phone calls at one 888 8762336 is the number. Again, that's 18888762336. By now we've become old friends. My name is Dan Ronan. I've been filling in for the last week and a half for my friend Mark Willis, who has been on vacation and who returns tomorrow at two o'clock Eastern time. So Mark will be back in the big chair and I will get a chance to see you sometime down the road. I have no doubt that we will meet up again and talk like we always do and have such great conversation. So again, happy new year to all of the drivers who are out there driving the roads today delivering the much-needed freight and other material to shippers and to customers and to facilities across the country. We salute you on the great work that you do. Our first guest of the afternoon, we're going to be talking about the overall state of the industry and his company in particular and some ideas about where they believe that the industry is going. We're joined on the line from Lincoln, Nebraska with Tim Ashoff. He is the president and COO of the Crete Carrier Company. He's a regular guest on this show with myself and Mark Willis from time to time. We have talked with Tim. I believe we talked on Thanksgiving Day as well. So it seems as though, Tim, on a holiday, we end up getting the time to talk with you, and we're glad to have you with us. Well, it's great to be here, and Happy New Year to you and to all your listeners. It's hard to believe uh, we're into that new year, but it is uh, great to be one of your first guests on the show. And yes, you know, holidays are those times as in trucking, nothing stops. Uh, we have a lot of drivers out there. We have our operations folks uh, working hard here in the office, and we have shop folks out there. So happy to be in and, and talk to the industry with you. Cold today in Lincoln, Nebraska? Well, I woke up this morning and it was minus 16, but we had a heat wave and now we're up to minus two. So uh, it's warming up. <laughs> now, we should point out, drivers, that there's a huge, as you don't know this already, that there's a huge cold wave that is just crossing much of the country. About 180 million people are impacted by this cold. We'll talk about that more at 20 after the hour, but you're right in the central part of the country, and I would imagine it has to be a real, real difficult day. This is a difficult day for drivers to work when it's this cold, isn't it, Tim? It is. And, and, you know, one thing, though, that uh, we were talking about here just even in this uh, last week as it's been cold for a few days is that, um, you know, one of the great benefits of continuing to have improvements in equipment with the manufacturers and, and what they even do with battery technology and otherwise is, you know, just compared to f even four or five years ago, the reliability of that equipment and we are having so much more, or excuse me, so much fewer challenges with our, our trucks, uh, with drivers getting them started after, you know, being turned off for a while in this cold weather. So great to see that even though it's cold, you know, equipment's getting more reliable and it doesn't create some of the challenges it did just, you know, five, ten years ago. I was just going to say, it's just not only cold when you get into the vehicle, if it's, if it's been sitting outside in an outdoor parking lot or a lot somewhere, but also that engine gets cold, the fuel can turn to jelly. It can be a real difficult start on especially days when it gets into the well below zero and it gets into the negative numbers with the teens. Absolutely. And, you know, and one of the things that, that some drivers forget about, but certainly uh, remember once they start to get going, is often brakes will freeze up as well uh, in these conditions of extreme cold. So be vigilant, too. I know it's challenging on when it's so cold to ensure you're doing that good pre-trip inspection and, you know, pay attention when you start rolling, even if you're able, when you're able to get that truck started, uh, to understand what's going on with uh, all your uh, all your tires and brakes and everything else, because it can create real problems for you in just a short period of time. Drivers are guests in the full 
hour and for the for the entire full hour is Tim Ashoff. He is the president and COO of Crete Carrier. Tim, you've been with the company for quite some time, but your time as the COO and president is not that long. No, I've been with the company for about 15 and a half years. I, I took over as COO about five years ago and just um, coming coming up on uh, about nine months of being president here. So um, was able to learn and grow throughout the company and, and you know, take on the additional responsibility and, you know, just have loved loved the industry and loved the company every, every day I've been here. How does one go from law school and clerking for a federal judge to end up working for a trucking company and working your way up through the departments to become uh, one of the leaders, one of the top people in the company. How does one do that? Well, I think, you know, first of all, there's always, uh, and I think our, our founder, Mr. Ackley, told me this many years ago, there always has to be a little bit of luck in life. So I, I won't uh, dismiss that, uh, you know, timing and being in the right place and having a little luck is, is always beneficial. But certainly after I got on board, um, you know, I, I grew up here uh, in the Midwest. And one of the things that I had a father that was an entrepreneur, and one of the things he always taught me is, you know, if you work hard, um, treat people well. And, uh, you know, if you make a mistake and learn from it and continue forward, um, you know, you'll do well. So that's been, been my philosophy. Take what I've learned, uh, apply that in working hard every day, um, working well with our whole team here, uh, ensuring that we have uh, the right people in the right places. And if you have, um, you know, certainly great people, uh, it makes your job a lot easier and it makes, uh, it makes your performance a lot better as well. So it's really focusing on, on hard work and having the right people in my mind. Do you still have a, uh, do you still keep your, uh, your law license and uh, keep, uh, keep the certificate up? I do. In fact, uh, I have to get so many hours of continuing education, and uh, and I have to have those earned by December 31st of every year. So always that last week of December, I, I get busy with many other things, so I have to get a few hours of, of education, usually that last week in December, to keep my uh, license, yes. Drivers, the number tall to call and talk with Tim is one 866 one is the number. A live show this New Year's Day, 2018 and we are happy to be with you here on Sirius XM, Road Dog Trucking News, Channel 146, now 10 minutes after the hour of 2 o'clock. Tim, uh, been reading a lot the last couple days about the increasing amount of material that is being shipped, the fact that many companies were running at 101, 102% over the month of December. UPS was bringing uh, office staff out to help load trucks uh, and do that and to keep up with the the high number, the high volume. FedEx had a huge year. I I see a lot of really good things going on in the trucking and transportation industry in terms of the overall economy. Would you agree that's the case? I do, and and certainly we started seeing that really as early as uh, April and May of 2017, just uh, some real solid, steady growth um, in our business. And as we worked with our customers throughout the year, um, you know, they they were talking about how yes, they were pleased with what they were seeing. Some you know some real growth, not you know not huge growth that's uncontrollable, but just steady, consistent growth. And then certainly uh, we had the hurricanes, and and that kind of spiked some things up in. in particular in industries with related to housing and, and automobiles and others, um, that, that kind of gave us everyone kind of a bump then for business. But then even as we went into the holiday season, um, you know, we're, we're seeing, we saw a holiday season that was much better than last year. I just think overall uh, consumers are feeling much better. 
better. Um, they're willing to spend more. Uh, unemployment um, certainly looks to be at um, near historic lows for recent times. And so I think there's just an overall positive feeling out there that uh, is going to continue that improvement in freight um, you know, throughout, uh, from what we're seeing, uh, we're hopeful throughout all of 2018. I know that there's a lot of talk in the industry about the issue of a driver shortage and uh, turnover, high rates of turnover within the industry. But with unemployment in the high threes and low fours, are we actually getting to a point where it is becoming a labor shortage, not only for the drivers, but also for office personnel, folks who do the, the work, the administrative work in your company? Is there becoming a labor shortage in some areas yet? I think it is. I mean, I think we see it. Uh, we, we saw it certainly in our driving force, in our uh, technician force in the shops. It's been challenges as well. But now we're starting to see that in other areas. You, you mentioned office staff for us, but as we go out and talk to a lot of our customers, another area that's uh, I think has been real challenging to maintain the workforce, um, and part of that is due to obviously the increase in business that we just talked about, is, is warehouse workers. Um, we have had a number of shippers that have had um, slowdowns at the warehouse just due to the fact that they can't get enough employees or have had to shift some of their distribution networks from one part of the country where it was more challenging to get employees to a different facility they have in another where they were able to get fully staffed. So I think we've we've seen that already in a lot of different areas, and I think that will continue in 2018. Tim, your company, Crete Carrier, is a very large company just in terms of the total number of people. Give our listeners an idea of how big the company is in terms of the number of employees, where you work out of, how many trucks you carry, how many trailers you've got on board. Sure. Yeah, we're, uh, uh, as you mentioned, based here in Lincoln, Nebraska is our headquarters, but we have 15 terminals across the country from, uh, you know, Salt Lake to Harrisburg, PA area, down to Deland, Florida, and back over to, you know, Texas and, and Arizona. So we, we kind of cover the whole United States. We have three main operating divisions. We have our Crete division, which is our drive-in division, where we have approximately uh, 4,000 trucks, uh, filled trucks out there with a little over 4,200 drivers uh, that operates uh, as I mentioned, the drive-in business for us and some dedicated fleets. We then have our Schaefer Trucking Division, which is our temp control division. We have a little over 1,000 uh, trucks in that division with you know, 1,100 or so drivers there. And then we have um, a specialized open deck small division of ours called Hunt Transportation out of Omaha, Nebraska, that has about 200 trucks. And, and uh, we in com- Combined across all those three companies, we have about 14,000 trailers. So um, we have a lot of trailers. We focus uh, on a lot of drop-and-hook freight, particularly in our dry van and and Schaefer Temp Control Division because we know that uh, creates efficiency for our drivers who have invested in that equipment. Tim, one of the things that uh, we've been talking a lot about, and we know it's a big political issue, is that with the beginning of the new year, we start with a new tax law that is going to be changing uh, for better or for worse, depending on what your political position is, will be pretty significant changes within the tax code. Have you had a chance as a lawyer to look at uh, some of the changes that are in there and how you see them affecting the trucking industry and where you think the most significant change will be? I, I've not had the chance to see a lot of great detail yet, and that's, you know, as a lawyer, I guess I kind of hedge when I say that because I know it's one thing to get the tax bill passed, and we all hear about major provisions in that tax bill, whether it's, uh, you know, obviously the corporate tax rate and the change there, what may happen with some pass-through entities, some, you know, accelerated expensing, those types of things. But as a lawyer, I know the devil's then in the details once some of the regulations and guidance come out from the IRS and how, how actually will that work. Uh, so I think there's a lot of that to be 
to play out yet. But in general, yes, I think um, for our industry, you know, certainly I think the, the the tax bill will create some stimulus to um, the corporate world as far as investment and spending, and that typically creates freight. Uh, that, that's uh, you know not just consumer spending, maybe on services, but it will be hopefully corporate spending on goods, um, new capital, new equipment, and that will create freight for us. And then certainly as a company, um, you know, for a lot of trucking's out trucking companies that are out there, some are C-Corps, so their tax rate you know, will be reduced down to that uh, lowered rate of that uh, um, uh, right off from the 35 down to the low 20s, as the bill had stated, and that's pretty clear. But then most trucking companies, though, are pass-through entities, and exactly how that's going to impact um, their tax situation, I think, is something that does need to play out a little bit more to see. Uh, there, there's some details around that, that pass-through entities that haven't. I'm not exactly clear on, to be honest with you, and I know um, the IRS is, is trying to get more clarity on. So I think time will tell, but I think overall it will be positive for our industry. Is it too early to tell what the impact will be on drivers' paychecks in terms of what they will see when they get their check every two weeks? Well, I, I think uh, you know they will see typically reduced tax rates starting in February, withholding tax rate um, based upon certainly their income, just because of the brackets going down. Now, I know a lot of talk with drivers has been, well, but there's some changes that are going to be shown to per diem and some of the expensing they can take. I, I think that is true, but I think what's uh, again the devil may be in the details here because a lot of those um, expenses and some of the per diem are uh, itemized deductions. And certainly uh, getting those to add up and lowering your, your gross income is beneficial to uh, any employee, but drivers in particular. But one thing to remember, while some of those may go away, that standard deduction for, for most people, say you're married, is going to go from you know the $12,000 to the $24,000. So uh, the driver may still be better off if they didn't have expenses, itemized deductions you know, at that 24000 level. So um, again, devil's a little bit in the detail here, but I think in general, yes, it should be better off for, for drivers. And, and most employees uh, of our company. Tim Ashoff, the president and COO of Creek Carrier out of Lincoln, Nebraska, is our guest for the full hour. Drivers, we're taking your calls at 1-888-876-2336. Again, that's 1-888-876-2336. That's the number to call for a live edition of Road Dog Trucking News, Channel 146, for New Year's Day 2018. Good to be with you, Tim. And one other thing, uh, before I get into some of the other topics, because I just want to hit on this real briefly. Uh, we're now at two and a half weeks into the ELD mandate, and uh, the earth continues to spin on its axis. Uh, there have been some changes, obviously, in the way that some companies uh, and some drivers are doing their business. But for all the angst that was leading up to it, is it as big a deal, do you think, as what everyone was making it back in October and September and back uh, when there was the fear that uh, the ELDs, the world was going to come to an end? Well, I, I think overall uh, it, it's it's still a you know a large change for the industry in, in that uh, those drivers uh, and companies that we're using it certainly have have to have had to make a change. Now, the impact that we're seeing maybe isn't as big a deal as what many were thinking. And you know, right now I'm I'm, I'm having a difficult time personally trying to figure out you know why that is or what that may be. I think from what I've been hearing and seeing, whether it's from our state trucking association and my involvement there, talking to customers or, or talking with uh, uh, and seeing things from the National Trucking Association, ATA, American Trucking Association, is that um, I think we're seeing that that soft enforcement, that transition enforcement that uh, the FMCSA and 
and the Commercial Safety Vehicle Alliance said they were going to use. Because I'm hearing a lot of drivers that, that didn't have ELDs that were getting stopped in inspections. Um, you know, they were being warned, um, hadn't necessarily been fined yet, and as previously mentioned, they will not be placed out of service until April. But what we're hearing is that that's going to gradually get stepped up. So as we come into the February and March timeframe, probably going to see more drivers see some more significant fines and then ultimately put out of service. So, um, you know, maybe not have seen the impact that some people um, may have been bracing for, but that impact may still be to come. Tim Ashoff, the president and COO of Crete Carrier Company out of Lincoln, Nebraska, is our guest. The board's starting to light up with calls at 1-888-876-2336. But as we hit exactly 20 minutes after the hour of 2 o'clock in the Eastern Time Zone, let's take our first pause for traffic and weather together. Up to the minute news, live on the trucking industry, it's Road Dog Trucking News. 24 and a half minutes after the hour of 2 o'clock in the Eastern Time Zone, a live show today, drivers on Sirius XM Channel 146, Road Dog Trucking News. Our guest, Tim Ashoff, the president and COO of Crete Carriers in Lincoln, Nebraska. He joins us from a very chilly Lincoln, Nebraska on the Newsline. Tim, there's been a lot of discussion, of course, about ELDs, but on the flip side of the ELD issue also comes the issue of the hours of service rules. And we hear a lot about drivers saying that, that there's just no flexibility in the hours of service rule and that there's really no way that when you put the ELD component into that and the rule that it is making life difficult for them. Do you see in this administration, which is an administration that has already been very, very open to the idea of relaxing and changing federal regulations when it comes to transportation, that there could be something in the offing in 2018 on this? I, I think they'll continue to, to look at it and now take a closer look at it with the ELDs being implemented across the industry because I do think part of the concern with whether or not we could have some more flexibility in the hours of service rules is how would you ensure compliance. And certainly with electronic logs now you have a means to ensure compliance if there is more flexibility offered to driver, whether it's with respect to um, you know splitting sleep or birth time uh, differently, stopping that 14-hour clock uh, or otherwise. Uh, now that you can see exactly what's what's happening with the driver and how they're using that flexibility, I, I think there's a, a better shot than there was a few years ago. Um, you know, I think one of the things that we have seen, you know, we've essentially been on electronic logs for six, seven years and how we've operated here is that, yes, as you mentioned, um, you know, the hours of service rules haven't really changed in the last, oh, probably seven, eight, nine years in, in many ways. And what what is changing for drivers is that, you know, they essentially with the ELDs are having to fully comply with the hours of service rules. And so what we've seen as a company is, you know, as we went to the electronic log six, seven years ago, where the driver lost flexibility, we then had to make up for that as a company. Um, so we had to work with our shippers, with our receivers to ensure anything that would delay a driver would cause something to happen with what driver had planned for his or her clock, um, we needed to, to make up for. And certainly we've been focused on that. And, you know, some people are concerned about um, some productivity um, productivity is impacted by electronic logs, yes, but how you manage that and how you work with your drivers, your customers, the amount of drop and hook, the type of freight you have can now really impact that productivity because of that lack of, of flexibility, as you mentioned. Tim, let's take our first call from Brad in Illinois. Brad, hello, you're on the air. Hey, Tim, how are you guys doing? Great. How about you? Well, Brad. All right, my, my question is that uh, I've been driving 10 years now. Uh, 
I got a very clean record. I have zero points on my CSA 2010. And let's have an idea of Fiber Creek. What could you offer a driver with 10 years of driving experience? Well, we have a lot to offer for um, a driver like you. You're kind of the heart and soul of, of who we hire. We hire mostly experienced drivers, and we do then pay on the higher end for that. So we have a variety of fleets. Um, we realize that you know what drivers want out there are, are different options. So we have fleets that have different home times. From you know, we have some dedicated fleets that are home daily, all the way to uh, over the road fleets that get home weekly, every two weeks or every three weeks. And so a lot of options out there, depending on on what your needs are. Um, certainly with your record, it seems like the kind of guy we'd want to have on board. Tim, where could Brad find more information okay. and get uh, get an application in if he's indeed interested? Sure. If you want to go to creekcarrierjobs.com or to our main website at Creek Carrier, um, there's um, information out there and, and a link to that or you can give our recruiting team okay. uh, a call tomorrow at 800-998-2221. Brad, are you located somewhere in southern right. Illinois? Because I noticed your number. It's a 219 number. That would put you down somewhere in the southern part of the state, right? Um, I'm from Gary. Okay, well, Gary, so you're in Lake County, Indiana. Tim, is there a, a location yeah. close by there in the Chicago, the greater Chicago, northern Indiana area that uh, that he could possibly work out of? Sure, we have we have a Indianapolis is our main area, right? Uh, is what we operate that area out of, and we do operate a Midwest regional fleet in that area, and we have a couple dedicated fleets that run right through that area. So, as you know from being in the industry for ten years, uh, you're right in the heart of uh, of the uh, of the heartland there, the Midwest, and there's a lot of freight that goes a lot of directions there. So, always lots of opportunities. Brad, great call, and again, Tim, we'll get that uh, information out there about where you can go if you indeed are interested in joining the company. We'll hit on that. Again at the bottom of the hour. But it sounds as though, from what Brad is talking about, that's the type of men and women that you would like to get into your company and then keep them. Absolutely. Um, you know, we do, as I mentioned, uh, hire mostly experienced drivers. We do hire some students, but we've long focused on, on good quality drivers with, with good experience. And, uh, you know, our turnover, that helps. We, you know, we feel that if we hire somebody who really knows what they're doing uh, out there as an over-the-road driver, has a great safety record, that really fits with our culture. And that helps us because our, our turnover for our over-the-road drivers is about a third of the national average for, for turnover right now. And, and our average tenure um, is about double with the driver staying, you know, typically with us for well over, you know, four, four and a half years where the industry average is, you know, under two. So, um, I think we find good fits, and hopefully, you know, we, we know coming to a different company is not, you know, it's not just like, uh, you know, going to the grocery store and deciding what you want to have for dinner. It's a life-changing um, decision, and, and we know that's important, and, and we have to have good quality benefits. We need to treat you with respect. We need to meet your home needs, and uh, certainly we know you're making a career choice, not uh, not just a, a job choice, and our goal is that you're here for the rest of your career. Brad, great call to start the year, our first call of the year at one eight 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 eight. 762336 Road Dog Trucking News, a live show on Sirius XM Channel 146 for this New Year's Day of 2018. Glad to be with you. Drivers, we're now looking at 31 minutes after the hour of 2 o'clock in the Eastern Time Zone. Let's pause for news at the bottom of the hour. Live and up to the minute, this is Road Dog Trucking News. 
Good afternoon, drivers. Now 24 minutes before the hour of 3 o'clock in the Eastern Time Zone on this live show on New Year's Day. Sirius XM Road Dog Trucking News Channel 146. My name is Dan Ronan filling in for my pal Mark Willis who returns tomorrow at 2 o'clock Eastern Time. Mark will be back to talk with you. In this hour, Tim Ashoff, the President and COO of Creek Carrier out of Lincoln, Nebraska joins us. Tim, I understand that uh, in the not-too-distant future you've got a road trip coming up. Tell us more about that. I do. So myself and uh, our Schaefer Division President, uh, Eric Cutter, are going to be going out on the road. You know, we uh, we always want to try to find ways to uh, reach and communicate the best we can with our drivers. And and certainly, as one of the things we talked about hours of service before, is it made it harder for us to have meetings with drivers at our facilities where drivers would want to come off the road, giving that their clock is still running, and have those meetings. So we wanted to find a way to get out to where the drivers are, um, not only to meet and and t- discuss with our drivers, you know, the challenges they're facing, what we can do better as a company, and, and us provide information to them about 2018, but also see, you know, where is their daily life and, and what is it like for them. So we're going out um, and going to take a road trip across a series of uh, truck stops um, from St. Louis to Indianapolis to Columbus, Ohio, and spend time at each, a number of truck stops uh, each day. Um, a few hours at each to, to meet and greet with as many of our Crete and Schaefer and Hunt drivers as we can, and then end up at uh, one of our major uh, shippers at their warehouse in, in Frankfurt, Indiana, and spend time at that warehouse seeing um, you know our drivers, but also seeing, hey, what is it like for drivers when they come, when they check into a warehouse? What are some of the challenges they face? What are some of the things that can make life easier? How do we work with our customers um, to make our driver's life better? So we're really looking for that, to get out and and be in the driver's work environment, get out behind the de- from behind the desk, get out of the office and really be out there uh, in the driver's world and see what it's like for them and, and have the opportunity for them to provide us um, input. So uh, it should be a good, good road trip for us, and I'm looking forward to that. What are the dates? So we're going to be doing that from January 9th uh, through the 11th. Uh, we're going to start at the 9th here in, in Nebraska, and then, as I mentioned, on the 10th, um, Eric and I are going to split up, so we're going to hit uh, about uh, six, seven truck stops between uh, St. Louis and um, Indianapolis, and then he's going to come from uh, Columbus, Ohio, over to Indianapolis. Uh, and then on the 11th, we're going to go up to a truck stop in Frankfurt and then spend a number of hours at the uh, big ConAgra uh, distribution center there in, in Indiana. And then also Mark Willis is going to join us, and uh, he's going to get a firsthand view of what it's like also to be at a warehouse. He, he obviously gets to speak with a lot of drivers, as the listeners are out there today, and uh, be good to get his firsthand perspective and provide that to drivers as he sees um, what we're trying to do as a company, working with customers to um, you know, make life better for the drivers out there on the road. Like all of us, it's good to get out of the office, it's good to get out of the studio, and I know Mark is looking forward to that as well. And for the first caller who joined us in the first half hour, Brad, since he's from the Lake County, Indiana area up in the northeastern part of Indiana, might be a good time for Brad to stop by and introduce himself, shake hands, uh, and say, uh, I talked with you on the radio on the 1st of January, I'd like to talk to you some more. 
That would be great. Yeah, we're going to have more details on the schedule out there on our Crete Facebook page, and and so uh, even and certainly sending it out to all of our drivers. Our goal is to get to see as many of our drivers as we can. But if Brad or anyone else would like to stop and see us, um, you know, certainly look at that schedule. And if he can make it to one of the truck stops we're at, or even to uh, the customer, please stop by and say hello. Twenty minutes before the hour of three o'clock Eastern time on this New Year's Day of 2018, let's take a call from Rooster in Wyoming. Hey, Rooster, you're on the air. Hey, a couple questions for you. One, um, the ex- corporate executives, how many of them actually have a CDL license where they can get out and actually get up, out and get in a truck and take a trip once in a while to see what it is like for us out here? And two, what are you doing with uh, payroll to kind of adjust for uh, Trump's uh, tax change for this year? Sure. Well, um, I appreciate your point. Uh, we have um, actually a couple of our uh, our own. We're privately held companies. We're owned by a family here, and then two of the family members actually have uh, had CDLs. The, 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 our daughter of our founder, uh, Holly Ostergaard, has a CDL, and then her son, Winston Ostergaard, who is our VP of maintenance, has a CDL. Uh, I unfortunately don't. Although I can say, uh, having grown up, as I mentioned, with a, a family in a family business, I actually drove a cab over Ford before I drove a car because my father had one and I, I, I had to drive of, uh, that when I was even probably a little bit too young, but I made sure I, I stayed out on uh, farm ground and private property and construction sites. So have been in a truck. Um, and then what I try to do, as we just mentioned with this road trip, um, is to get out in the field um, as much as I can. I have traveled um, when I've needed to get from one location to another. We'll look for a truck that we have coming through and, and try to get out and, and spend time with the driver that are on those, uh, maybe on those routes and get in and ride that route with them. I've been in and, in and out of different um, shippers and receivers to see what that's like. Certainly, yes, don't have the CDL myself, but do understand the importance of, of seeing what what that experience is like. And again, that's part of the reason we're trying to get out there uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, with respect to the uh, the tax uh, we are uh, we will be making you know obviously the necessary withholding changes uh, I think you know the IRS is p- predicting that should come in February once they have the specific detail we need as a company to adjust um, those withholding rates so we certainly will do that you know I know there's some concern from some drivers out there about per diem um, one thing we've never had as a company is we don't pay based on per diem uh, we think in the long run that is not uh, a benefit for a driver. Um, you know, it impacts many things. It may may appear that you're paying less taxes at the time, but uh, your overall um, gross earnings then is less. That impacts other things such as long-term, your Social Security, short-term, potentially workers' compensation benefits and other benefits you may have. So we as a company won't need to be making any adjustments for per diem because that is not something we do right now. Rooster, how's your New Year's off to a good start? Yeah, I'm sitting here waiting. I'm I'm doing a trade show here for waiting here tomorrow, sitting up in the mountains of Colorado. But uh, that comment on this per diem now, uh, they're taking that deduction away from us. Um, I just figured out the day I was the days that I was gone this last year. I'm looking at losing an eighteen thousand dollar deduction to gain six thousand that they're giving us for for uh, adjusted gross income. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not going to be good for us unless they do start paying per diem. Until this year, you're right, it wasn't a good thing to do, but now I'm going to kind of look at things that might be a better deal now because I can't write it off. Tim, is this one of these things that is did is the unintended consequences of this bill, or is this something you think that was actually flushed out by the tax writers? Rooster, great call. Thank you for calling us, and Happy New Year. 
Yeah, you know, I, I'm not exactly certain how, you know, the tax writers, what they weighed, and, and I know it seemed like in what I was following, there was a lot of trade-offs that had to be made, uh, certainly, uh, because you have to still have a certain amount of revenue to, to run our, our government. Um, I do think what they were trying to do as a whole is really have that increased um, uh, standard deduction offset as much as they could of any of these types of, of trade-offs. So uh, that will impact, I think, every driver differently. And as I mentioned, um, I still think, and we still believe as a company in the long term, uh, not having per diem uh, is better off for the driver. Uh, and so um, we didn't look the, we as a company didn't look at that as, as necessarily um, uh, a trade trade off that we were too concerned about again because of the increased the deduction. And then that's not a program that we we have right now. Tim, before we get to our next call, and I've got a board that's starting to line up with calls, so I want to get to as many of them as I can. The president has said that he believes that infrastructure will be an easy task to get through Congress and that uh, Republicans and Democrats are going to come together and uh, get uh, get on board and we'll, uh, we'll start pouring a lot of concrete and asphalt and the like. Uh, our roads, our highways, our bridges, our airports, uh, they're in really some dire need of repair. Do you think that uh, we can see some action in an election year that can at least start to get, get our roads back into some state of repair that like they were uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago? Well, I certainly hope so. I, I know the president is optimistic, and, and but as we've seen, nothing is easy in Washington, D.C. So hopefully with the, the tax reform behind us, that can be a focus. You know, I think we as an industry have said, um, you know, uh, at least major portions of the industry have said, you know, we'd be willing to, uh, you know, do some things to help fund that because we know how important roads are. So if it meant uh, an increase in, in fuel taxes, as long as we knew that those dollars were going to go towards infrastructure improvement, you know, that'd be something, you know, we as an industry be willing to do because we do know that's important. So I think in the end, it's going to come down to those types of things as it usually does. Uh, everyone agrees that uh, infrastructure needs are there, but how do you fund it? And so we'll see how easy that is at the end of the day. Let's take a call from Tex. Tex in Illinois. Hello, you're on the air. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Pretty good. As I rolling through Illinois, trying to get up here to Iowa 80. I had a question for the gentleman that, you know, threw off the subject of what y'all been talking about. What I was going to ask is, um, I really don't know much about Crete. What is the uh, minimum requirements to be a uh, mentor slash trainer with y'all? I'm sorry. But he asked what the minimum requirements are to be a mentor slash trainer for Crete. Okay. Well, we think uh, training is very important, and and we think that uh, in order to train, you have had to have good experience yourself. So typically, we look at somebody who's had uh, three years of, of over the road driving, um, whether with us or the validated with other companies, uh, as a baseline. And then certainly, we look at your own driving record with respect to accidents, citations, uh, and have some standards there. But uh, yeah, we we're not one of those companies that think um, if you've been in a truck for, for six months that, 
um, you know, you should be ready to out there and, and train. Um, as we can see right now, uh, you need to be able to coach and mentor on, on all different types of weather. Uh, some of it's not just snow, it's cold, uh, as that has an impact on, on your driving and on your equipment. And so having that experience, having been across the country, uh, been through different seasons, even if you're only going to be training for two, four, six, eight weeks, you may not hit all those environments with your student or, or your trainee. But we, but as you mentioned, uh, most of our trainers have that in-the-truck training with their trainee, but then they're a mentor for them that afterwards. And so having that experience to be able to talk with them on the phone about situations and having experienced it is very important to us. Tex, is that something you're interested in? Um, I really wouldn't train just for the simple. I've been out here 30 plus years, and I know myself, I'd probably end up training the way they wouldn't like. I'd end up training the way I was trained. If I did something stupid, my uncle would have reached over and knocked me in the back of the head. (laughs) Those days, I think those days of getting a ruler across the knuckles or a smack across the back of the head, I don't know that those are... uh, as old school as they are, I don't know that they work anymore. Tex, thanks for the call. Happy New Year to you and wish you continued safe driving. He makes an interesting point, though. The industry does have what is believed to be a pretty significant shortage of drivers, and there has been talk about bringing younger people into the industry with some sort of a graduated program, uh, 18 to 21, to get them at least into a training program. What do you think about that? You know, I think there are applications that that um, makes great sense. And uh, one thing um, that we do here locally is even as, and I, I think why I'm going to bring this up is because this is an application where it, make, it does make sense. Is I work with the Nebraska Trucking Association, and we talk about, you know, we're we have we do a lot of commerce here in Nebraska between Nebraska and Iowa on the eastern half of the state, um, and we have drivers that can drive all over Nebraska, which if you drive from east to west is, you know, 400. 5,500 miles, but if you drive 10 miles uh, from Omaha across into Council Bluffs, you can't do that. So, you know, there, we feel it would be good to have at least a graduated approach, whether you could drive, you know, regionally uh, as uh, at a younger age to start giving you some of that experience, but still maybe in a more controlled environment um, that rather than being able to run across the whole United States with all the different conditions. So, yes, we think there needs to be something done to help um, lower that age, but still agree that um, you know some level of control is important because safety uh, is uh, number one concern, and it really starts with the safety of the driver themselves and having them get the experience, the maturity uh, that they need before they're out there across the whole United States is important. Tim Ashoff, the president and COO of Crete Carrier in Lincoln, Nebraska, is our guest. We're now at about 10 minutes before the hour of 3 o'clock on the Eastern Time Zone. We will be back with more of Tim and your calls. But first, let's pause for our second traffic break and weather break of this hour. Live and up to the minute, this is Road Dog Trucking News. Five minutes before the hour of 3 o'clock Eastern Time, Dan Ronan sitting in for Mark Willis, Sirius XM Channel 146. Road Dog Trucking News is the program. Tim Ashoff, the president and COO of Crete Carriers out of Lincoln, Nebraska, is our guest. He has been with us the entire hour, and we are happy to have him on the line. Tim, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of excitement in the last couple of weeks, especially about the idea of electric trucks. We know what Tesla's been doing and we've been hearing a lot about that. Do you think that the electric and autonomous vehicle movement is the way the industry is going to be going in the next, let's say, even as far out as 15 or 20 years? Yeah, I mean, if you look at that 
far off time horizon, certainly they're going to have uh, an impact uh, and, you know, technology continues to improve. Um, but even as the technology improves, there's going to have to be other things that take place. As you mentioned, infrastructure, particularly with autonomous trucks to support them out on the roadways, infrastructure for electric trucks with charging stations, other things like that. But shorter term, I think you may see uh, those have um, applications in certain markets, such as at the ports with electric trucks, um, maybe in some certain uh, localized uh, specific, you know, factory to to warehouse with respect to autonomous trucks, those types of things. So we will see it continually have a, a gradual impact on our industry. Um, but as far as mass scale anytime soon, I don't know that either one of those technologies will be something in 2018 uh, that really causes to make a dramatic shift uh, as an industry. There's a lot of talk also about the idea of platooning, and that's something that we we are hearing a lot about as well in terms of the research and the work. But again, does that fit into that same sort of situation with autonomous vehicles that more work needs to be done? We need to make sure that the technology is ready before it's rolled out? I think so, and I think there's going to have to be um, some dri- driver adaptation to that, too, as we've talked to some drivers about platooning. They understand it, and they certainly could see why it may be a benefit, but there's also a little bit of concern about, well, am I going to be in the second or third truck? Uh, I like to be the captain of my ship, uh, so if I'm going to platoon, I want to be the first truck. So there's going to be some education and, and adaptation even for drivers that are, will need to participate in that platooning. But you believe that we will continue to see many of the safety improvements that have been brought out first in the luxury cars and then gradually move their way into the the middle market, if you will, that those safety improvements that are rolling out in the automobile industry, they're being integrated into the trucking industry. Oh, absolutely. And that's part of what, uh, you know, the autonomous truck movement's done. It's helped advance that safety uh, uh, technology in the trucks. You know, the things we have in our trucks today, just compared to 10 years ago, to provide that driver uh, a much safer work environment is, is great. You know, from forward collision warning systems to forward collision mitigation systems to lane departure systems, uh, adaptive cruise control, um, being able to, to automatically brake on fixed objects in the roadway. We've seen that technology evolve so much in the last 10 years, and we'll see it continue to evolve as the autonomous truck uh, manufacturers uh, and researchers push that away. So there will, there will be benefits to the industry, uh, even not to the full extent of the autonomous truck, but certainly from a safety aspect, and we're already seeing those. Tim, again, for the drivers who have been listening and calling in and talking with us, if they want to get more information about Crete, the company, as a possibility of joining it as an employee, tell us where they can get it, and also give us the dates, if you would, and tell us when those dates are you're going to be out on the road. Sure. Yeah, if you'd like to find some more information about Crete, go to CreteCarrier.com. Uh, we also have SaferTrucking.com and HuntTransportation.com to, to give you information about each of our three divisions. You can also give us a call at 800-998-2221. And yes, we're looking forward to be out on the road, out there in your environment, uh, on January 9th here in Nebraska uh, in Waverly. And then on the 10th, we'll be from St. Louis all the way across to Indianapolis, all the way to Columbus, Ohio. And then on the 11th, we'll be uh, in a truck stop in the Frankfurt, Indiana area. And then at, as I mentioned, ConAgra on site there uh, for the day and with Mark Willis uh, on the show. So we're looking forward to that. Tim, Happy New Year to you and to all of your employees at Crete. We appreciate you joining us as the first guest on Road Dog Trucking News, Sirius XM Channel 146, as we begin 
the new year, 2018. My name is Dan Ronan. Back in just a few moments, we will be talking transportation safety with my friend and former CNN producer, Greg Morrison, who will join us from Atlanta. Tim Ashoff, our first guest, and we thank him. We'll be right back. Sirius XM 146 right after this.